Hello and welcome to the Regular Man Podcast, where we celebrate God's gift of masculinity in the life of the regular man. I'm your host, Steve Cruz, and today, dude, I'm super excited. We got Navy SEAL Awesome Miller on the show to talk about his new documentary, Seals Beat Biden. What's up, man? Hey, man. How's it going? I'm good, dude. Thanks for showing up. I know you, we, uh, we've had a, a couple snags. You got, you got the Rona, right? Yeah. I didn't, I never got tested, but man, right, right when the documentary first episode released and I was going to come on and, and chat with you, I got, I got hit with something gnarly. And so I, I'm kind of joking around telling my friends and stuff that I got, I got the COVID, but, uh, mm-hmm. Couple years late, but I'm I'm recovered mostly now. <laughs> right on, good. It's good to see you, man. I'm glad you're feeling better. So uh, I want to get right to this before I forget, man. So we're gonna go real in depth into it at the end. But uh, your new documentary, Seals Beat Biden, it's at SealsBeatBiden.com, right? Yes, sir. How's it been so far? I, I've seen you made quite a few rounds in uh, the interviews so far. Uh, how have you been treated with all the the interviews? And is it what you expected? Yeah, um, I mean, every time gets a little bit easier, I think. It, it's super new experience for me, you know. Yeah. Um, I love sitting down and having chats, but doing it, you know, looking at a camera and, and knowing that hundreds, thousands of people who I don't know are going to be watching it is was definitely a little weird at first. Yeah. So I think every time I do it, it gets a little bit easier for sure. It gets a little bit more normal. Um, but it's been fun, and I'm super blessed that all these different guys have – I've been having me on and kind of sharing this message and, and giving seals beat Biden kind of the platform to, to spread our message. That's awesome. So, and, and who else was on the documentary with you? So there's a couple different people. Um, each, each episode will kind of feature um, a, a few new faces. So, um, but the main, the main group of guys are um, me. And then we had a, our, my main lawyer, uh, Davis Younts, he's, he's mm-hmm. featured pretty heavily in it. He was huge, um, kind of bringing all the different legal aspects together. And then we also have uh, Brady King. She was a or is an Air Force pilot, so she'll um, she was kind of sneak peeked at the end of the first episode. She'll be heavily featured in the, in the second episode. We also have a former admiral from the uh, Coast Guard. Um, he'll, his story is a big part of this upcoming episode, so I'm super excited to see that. And then, That's the guy with the beard, uh, right? A, the big long beard. Yep, yep. Oh no, no, no. Sorry. That so he that was. Um, I believe his name is Kroll. So the, the the sad thing about it is I haven't been able to meet all these people face to face. So I kind of some of the stories I just know, you know, from osmosis and seeing what you know other people are seeing. Um, but no, he he was a Coast Guard chief with a big beard. Um, so we have two coasties in it. Um, okay. And then I'm trying to think, then there's a couple other, uh, like I said, there's some of the faith, faith-based guys like from Apologia. So we have Jeff Durbin, he's in there. Um, he was a huge part of this and, and that whole right. church. Um, and then Christine from Apologia, she handled a lot of the kind of behind the scenes contacting and, and admin type stuff for Stand With Warriors, which was the organization fundraising organization that got stood up to kind of give us all the resources to hire people like, like Davis. Um, and then it's since kind of morphed into a new ministry, which I'm super excited to see where that goes. But yeah, so there, there's that? quite a few people, but what's the new ministry yeah. called? So it's still stand with warriors. Um, okay. and Davis counts is actually, he's, he's kind of the main guy right now. Um, and he's kind of building a team over there, but yeah, their, their goal is kind of, we had to stand it up in an emergency situation. So we we're kind of, you know, on our heels backpedaling, um, mm. kind of being super reactionary. So his goal is to kind of take it and then build it into something that can kind of be that permanent structure that whenever the next thing happens, which it's already happening. I mean, you see the abortion fights that are going on right now, you know, up at the Senate and, you know, the the alphabet soup where people are trying to mandate, you know, you have to identify people by their preferred pronouns and gender, even if it changes every day. So those fights are already starting. Um, so Davis really wants to make sure that there's an organization that is ready and equipped um, and not only not only to fight the legal fights, but also to kind of build a community of Christians across the service branches um, to make sure guys know they're not alone, which is kind of part of our story in Sealsby Biden is 
uh, when it all started, a lot of us had no idea, you know, like what to do and how many there were. And was it just me? So stand with warriors, um, is, is really cool mission to kind of just make sure that never happens again for, for Christian men and women who are in the service. Well, right on. That sounds like you got a good, a good, uh, variety of, of, uh, resources to help you out, man. That's awesome. Oh yeah. I was blessed. So God, now God worked in mysterious ways. <laughs> yeah, he does. Sometimes things you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first things first, man, what kind of guy are you? Like, are you a car guy or truck guy? What's your dream car? <laughs> None of the above. Um, I drive a, a Kia Optima, which is probably the oh, most non-guy car ever. I, I like fuel economy. I used to have a Sequoia. Um, kind of, I guess, I, I guess I would say I'm a Jeep guy at heart, but I've never had one. So my goal is one day to get a Jeep and, you know, put the tent on top and outfit it with, you know, water and electricity and, and kind of, you know, take it camping and take it around the country. Um, but I don't have that yet for right now. I'm just saving money with my, uh, my little everyday driver. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to like get off the grid with it? Yeah, eventually. That's, that's yeah, the goal. That's cool. That's great. Trucks. If um, I, if I had to have a truck or like between a nice car or a truck, I would pick a truck though. I think their utility, uh, makes a lot of sense right. and they're cool. <laughs> no, that's true. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I, I can't say that I, I, I would pick a truck over a car because man, I'm a muscle head guy, dude. I got a 67 Mustang. Um, and I nice. just love love just old american muscle that just you feel it you hear it you smell it it just there's no prius there <laughs> so i i grew up my dad was in the marine corps for 27 years so growing up you know around that I'm, i can't tell you the tens of thousands of mustangs i saw growing up and so i actually as a kid i loved mustangs and my nice. dad just kind of beat it into me that you only buy a mustang if you know you you to buy a Mustang was kind of like you're you blow all your money on you know a super high interest rate at the at the uh, you know local dealership right off base where they're out there just fishing for brand new Marines. So yeah. you left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> so you can blame my dad that I'm not a car guy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you come around town, man. I'll turn wrenches with you. How about, how about that? All right, sounds good. All right, next, um, I'm gonna just kind of geek out, man. Are you Star Wars or Star Trek guy? I love Star Wars. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't even seen all the Star Trek, so I can't say I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I love Star Wars. I've seen all the movies, all the shows. I still watch them to this day, which is kind of a little embarrassing, but I, I, I love it. <laughs> I read cool, the books man. too. I love reading. and uh, So I haven't read all the extended universe, but I've read a good number of them. So like, uh, so your favorite, are you like a four to six episode kind of guy or, or do you like all even the new stuff? Here at the regular man podcast, I want every guest and every listener to feel like you're genuinely part of this podcast because you are, it means a lot to me that you'll spend your time listening to this podcast and I want to do something special for you. I'm not going to make certain episodes behind a paywall and charge you for listening to the podcast or for a transcript or a chat or an email or something shady like that. That's stupid. It's selfish and I'm not going to take advantage of you. You'll always get the regular man podcast for free. Always. But I do want to do something special for those of you who do want to be a bigger part of the podcast. You'll be able to buy a brick on the wall behind me. If you follow and subscribe on X or Patreon for $5 a month, you can send a picture of your signature to the regular man podcast at gmail.com. And I'll put your signature on one of these bricks of the regular man wall. You'll see a video of your signature being transferred onto your own brick. And you'll be on the credits of every episode for the entire time that you're subscribed all for just $5 a month, just so I can keep this thing going. And even if you don't subscribe, man, I want to say thank you. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and reviewing on Apple iTunes and Spotify and X and YouTube and Rumble and everywhere else because you really are part of this podcast. It's the whole reason that I do this, man. It's for you. It's, it's for the regular guy. So thank you for listening. 
Thank you for sharing. And God bless. I don't like the new stuff. The yeah. last three were like, I think maybe like, what is it? Episode seven was kind of like, okay, maybe this could be cool. And then five and six were just terrible. And I felt like it was the same story all on repeat with not as intriguing characters. So I'm not a fan of the last three or the, you know, the third trilogy. And then yeah. a couple of the, the spinoffs have been okay. Like I think solo was a decent movie. If I remember correctly, um, rogue one was like, okay, it was cool to see some of the backstory. So I don't hate all the new stuff, but mm-hmm. um, I definitely think it could have been done better. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, man. I like I like the four, five, and six. You know, the old school '70s one. Yeah. Um, and the one, two, and three. Like, and if they just wouldn't have done that Jar Jar Binks thing, you know, that's so gay. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> See, I I actually so like dumb. I like. I like one through three, which I know is unpopular, no. especially among Star Wars people. But it's maybe it's my generation. I like I like four, five, and six. You know, it just fine. But I don't know. I think the the lightsaber fights and all that. I focus on that less so oh, yeah, than the okay. maybe character development and all that. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, man. All right, so uh, podcast, man. What do you? What do you? I I like. Tell me, you're a haunted cosmos guy. I'm a totally a haunted cosmos guy. I so I've heard I want to say I've listened to one or two of their actual podcasts and I've heard them on other people's. I think they've been on Joe uh Joel Webin a couple of times. Um yep. and so and then I think one or two others I've stumbled across them. And so I like what they talk about. I, I geek over some of that stuff with, you know, me and my friends who've gone down some YouTube rabbit holes. Um so I, I really do need to actually catch up on some of their stuff, but um I like the topic. Um just not not a fan yet, just because I haven't started. <laughs> oh, you'll get there, brother. You'll get there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fun. It's it's fun fireside chatting. <laughs> I like um how about like Sean Ryan? Do you listen to the Sean Ryan show? I love Sean Ryan. Man, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he is a three hour episode that drops every day. So I, I don't I catch all of them, but the ones the ones I do, they're always they're they're intriguing and just he has he's such a wide spectrum of of people that come on and i love how they just tell their stories and it's some of it right. is some of it's cool and some of it's just convicting and heartbreaking um, right but yeah some of the some of the human trafficking stuff he he talks about is just mind mind blowing my fiance she's she's super big into you know human trafficking ag- advocacy and um so she kind of turned me on to some of that. And then when he right. started having a few of those guys on, I forget the name of the one. Yeah, I think he's based out of Florida who kind of does some of the more techie stuff behind the scenes. Um, yeah. You're talking about the, the pedophile hunter guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one was hard to listen to super hard to listen Dude. to, but mind opening or, you know, eye opening. Yeah. I only lasted like 30 minutes of that, like two and a half hour the podcast that he had, I was like, I had to, I had to hit pause. I couldn't keep listening from all the stuff that they were with the, uh, the dark web stuff and, and all the other, just to, and a Senator, right. Wasn't there a Senator on there? Yeah. Here in Virginia, I, it was, there was a, uh, there was a state Senator here in Virginia who was caught <sighs> up in it. It's terrible. Yeah. I mean, just recently they had down in Georgia, they had the, the, uh, you know, uh, Biden appointed, DOD elementary school executive or whatever you want to call him at the Pentagon just got arrested at a child pedophile ring in Georgia as long, you know, as well as um, Stacey Abrams brother. And it's, yeah, was it's that disgusting. The it's, thing? it's crazy. I think it was connected. Um, yeah. yeah. I haven't dug into it too much, but I, I did see a couple headlines and read a couple blurbs, but it's wild how widespread this is and how many people still don't really know about it or pay attention to it. That's kind of the crazy yeah. thing too. I honestly don't think that they care, man. I like, I think that they just don't care. Yeah. It's, it's the apathy in our society runs so deep right. about everything. You just, I don't know. Like we, we kill our children in the womb. We abuse exactly. them when they come out and then we poison them when they're, you know, in the military. <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah. what, where do you draw the line these days? I, I don't know where, it's hard to re- kind of relate to some of these people. It's just like, we let them, we let them chop off their general. In fact, 
will will take yeah. them away from their parents, right? Because they they they're a tomboy, and they then they say that they feel like a boy, so they rip them away from their parents, chop off their genitals, and shoot them up full of a bunch of drugs, uh, and then they're perfectly uh, age appropriate to to do that life altering, sex changing crap, but they can't get a tattoo or have a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. There's zero 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 reasoning that goes into any of this. Pure godlessness. Absolutely right. That's just complete depravity. I, you know, speaking of that, man, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know what? Put them down, dig a hole, get done with, be done with it. You touch a kid, you rape a woman. We're done. Put them in the ground. I definitely agree that penalties need to be dramatically increased. I mean, I think death penalty should definitely be on the table. I think castration at a bare minimum, like it's it's not a surprise that as we've weakened all these, you know, penal codes, we, you know, we give out cashless bail. I mean, how many times, I feel like it's almost every day now I see a headline that's, you know, some, you know, Hey, felon arrested four times out on cashless bail for the 10th mm-hmm. time, you know, commits murder. And it's just like, when are these people going to grow up? When are these people going to open their eyes and realize they're destroying community? And it's not loving anyone. It's definitely not loving your neighbor. It's killing your neighbors. Right. Literally. (laughs) And it's all in liberal states, right? Yeah. I mean, I I did see see, you, you said you're from Oregon. Um, Correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but I I saw that there's, there's maybe a petition's been started or something up there to reverse all the legalization of drugs. Cause you guys have legalized like all hard drugs up there. Haven't you? And yeah. I it's nuts. Dude. Recently, I, I it's saw crazy. Recently they're trying to bring it back. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, uh, I tried to take my wife uh, out on a date uh, once a week or maybe every once every other week. Uh, and we went to, it's probably about a year and a half now ago. We went to Portland, uh, tried yeah. to go to Portland to one of the nice, you know, fancy restaurants, uh, and I wouldn't even let her get out of the car, man. I wouldn't like, as soon as I drove around the block from this fancy restaurant, I'm not going to tell you which one, because then they'll like sue me or something. Uh, but there's yeah. feces everywhere. There's needles on the street. There's like, there's, there's guys, there's guys and gals on the street, like a statue motionless, not moving whatsoever. Doesn't even look like they're breathing in the most weird contorted kind of sideways upside down positions and you can't tell me that's nothing natural about that you can't tell me that there is no sort of demonic activity to that human beings don't do that right but they just stand and stare at you comatose and they nothing moves with nothing in their eyes and they're alive and conscious and breathing yeah i don't know i don't know how they're surviving either even here in virginia beach we don't have uh, a lot of it, but I think it's growing. And I mean, just driving up and down the main drag over here the other morning, I saw, I mean, it's getting cold. It was, it's in the thirties and mm-hmm. I saw a guy bent over, like you're talking about kind of in that unhuman, you know, right. position, it's weird. bare feet too. And I'm here in my car cold and I'm just like, man, I mean, one, my heart breaks, like, gosh, to see, see that helplessness, but then also like, how do they survive and how do they get in the situation? I, I don't, I don't have the answers, but it's, it's sad and it's, it's wild. It's nuts. Like, I think, uh, so you're right. The, the, unfortunately Portland, uh, and metropolitan, I mean, they just run the whole state, right? It doesn't matter what everybody else wants. The more densely populated areas, uh, more liberal areas run the whole state. Um, and it's like that pretty much everywhere. Um, but, you know, you get outside of Portland, Salem, Eugene area, right? That I five corridor, you get outside outside of that and it's all red. Everybody else is, is they hate it. They hate, they hate it. So, um, fortunately there is kind of a push now to, to overturn that. Um, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know how much luck we're going to get with that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. All you all right. So, and that's really what we need to do. You're right. You're so right. Uh, so t- not really a car guy. Uh, you like, you're super into uh, Star Wars. Um, what was your childhood like? Mom, dad, sister, brother, 
Yeah. So I, like I said earlier, I come from a military family. So military brat, uh, my dad served 27 years. I, he retired, um, about 10 years ago. I think it was like 2012 to 2013, uh, maybe. Um, and we had a huge family. I have, there's eight kids all together. So seven siblings, one brother, he's the youngest. Um, so big family. Um, nice. but childhood was great. We were homeschooled growing up most of the way. Um, so out in the woods, playing, building forts, making small societies with all the other kids. Um, it was, it was a good time. Um, and then when he retired, we moved out, um, to the Midwest, to Missouri. And I went to public school there for three years of high school, played football. Um, nothing crazy. It was fun, good good experience. Um, it was cool. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to try public school, you know, it was kind of like that childhood like oh my goodness is the forbidden fruit and yeah. my parents let me go for better or worse uh i think it it definitely affected my character development um went, it, went a little down swing and then yeah. you know <laughs> yeah but um you know no regrets and, and at least that you know it made me the man i am today so um right but yeah public school that was wild back then now i can only imagine i would never do that if i was my dad but <laughs> um football was fun it, you know team sports what position did you play friends uh safety safety so you're we, fast technically uh i don't i mean i was okay not super fast i think i was just undersized i wish i was a linebacker if i if uh, i could have had like two more inches um and maybe like 10 15 more pounds i would have been a linebacker but uh, yeah, no, I, I was, I was a safety for three years. Um, kind of two, I broke my leg the third game of the season, senior year. So that pretty much oh, wiped no. it out, but yeah, um, still a fun experience. And then right out of high school, went to, um, went to community college first semester. Um, smart. It was fun in a way, just, you know, kind of like not high school. I still had a job, you know, I got to work a job. I, I was close to home, so, you know, I didn't have to, or I was at home, so I didn't have to, you know, pay any money, really. Um, but I just, I was done with school. Um, my mom was also going through cancer treatment at the time. Um, oh, no. And, yeah, so that was, it was, it was her second round of, of chemo and all that. She tried some, like, natural, um, you know, different natural remedies, if you will. Um, and so that was one of the reasons I stayed home as well, to kind of be mm-hmm. close to close to my mom. Um, but she wanted me to, to go and pursue my dream and I wanted to do something to kind of like fight alongside her. So, you know, my dad was in the military. I went to the Marine Corps recruiter one day and was like, you know, what? I don't think I have the personality for this. <laughs> I obviously don't like shaving and, uh, rules and regulations were not really my thing. Yeah. And so, um, I watched him. I, I, I just so happened to be reading. I don't, I think it, I don't even remember which one it was. It might've been about the bin Laden raid or something like that. And then I watched Lone Survivor came out um, within that oh, like yeah. year. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like all these guys have beards and long hair. Like I'm going to be a SEAL. And so switched over to the Navy recruiter. You know, I think it was like maybe three months later, shipped out to boot camp. And uh, the rest, the rest is history from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so you, did you always want to go in the military then? Sounds like you, you were exposed to it so much growing up with your dad um, it's probably yeah, just you know, always wanted I, to be in the military, but didn't know exactly special forces or what. Yeah, I think so. Definitely, when I was a kid, I mean, you know, that's all I could ever dream about. Wore you know, the, you know, mini size camis and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of my high school years, you know, you start doing your little rebellious thing. Like I can't, you know, I got to do my own thing. So definitely in high school, I I didn't think about joining the military really. I wanted to just go to college and get a degree and, you know, do whatever that's supposed to do. Um, And then thank goodness I, you know, kind of had that wake up call in community college that like, Hey, I've done with school for now and I need to do something challenging, need to, you know, challenge myself, give something, you know, for my mom to kind of help fight, with uh, alongside with her and um trump also had one at the time so that definitely played a part in it i was excited i thought you know hey like the military's gonna get after it a little bit or isis was running rampant and so there are all kinds of videos of you know innocent people getting hogtied over fires and that definitely boiled my blood a little bit and so you know they were kind of like 
three, four things that, you know, is my history, you know, my childhood, you know, desire to challenge myself. Um, mm-hmm. And then definitely looking overseas and seeing the injustices going on. I thought that I could play a part in that. Um, so yes and no, kind of maybe destined to, but didn't always realize I was going to, going to do that, but I'm glad I did. Right on. So you went into the Navy, decided to be a SEAL. Um, how was Bud's? Like, is it, is Hell Week as, as bad as everybody says it is? And is it brutal? And everybody's walking out and hitting the bell on the way out? <laughs> Not everybody, but most people. Um, oh, yeah, is it a big washout, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I forget the exact numbers. I think maybe like 70, 90% is what they say. But um, Whoa. yeah, Bud's, if, if anyone wants to learn about what Bud's and Hell Week is like, they can just watch Bud's 234 on YouTube. It's a fairly good representation, I think, <laughs> yeah. of the of the pipeline. It's fun, though. I mean, you meet some incredible guys, you know, some of my best friends, my best friends, you know, probably for life I met, you know, in the pipeline and, and uh, the way it challenges your, you know, you physically, mentally, spiritually, I think that really helped me kind of lean into my faith. Um, yeah. Because when you're out there cold and wet and it's dark and you have no idea what's coming, there's, you know, you got the guy to your left and right, but they're just as terrified as you are. So it leaves you and Jesus and that's about it. So I don't right. know guys who aren't Christians make it through because I would be so miserable and lonely that <laughs> it would have been, it would have been 10 times worse, but you know, I'm not no, sure, yeah. man, like during my time, um, all my deployments, you know, there were, I would say that there's a lot of people who, uh, whether it was genuine or not, who like came to faith while you're on deployment, you know, cause that kind of stuff just happens when you're faced with, uh, Oh crap, this stuff is getting real. Um, but I think even a lot of those guys who pretend like, like they're not, there are still atheists and you're just worshiping a sky daddy. Like I, I kind of think that they're full of it. I kind of think that they yeah. probably do believe they just don't want to, they're just putting on a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think you have to either. I, there's two types of people. There's liars and there's, and there's um, idiots for lack of a better term. <laughs> I don't know that there's any in between when it comes to an atheist. I mean, if Satan even believes right. in God, then I don't think that uh, a mere mortal could, could not. I mean, I don't, and I, you know, it's kind of one of those funny things that, you know, we talk about sometimes is, you know, the whole science thing. Like, I believe in science. I don't know if you watch Nacho Libre, but he says, I believe in science. Yeah. And it's like I, the the I don't understand the reasoning of how you can believe that everything just came from absolutely nothing. And then mm-hmm. just was tiny little cells that then turned into, you know, droplets of rain and into frogs. And then now, right. you know, we're human. It's like to me, that leap of faith is so dramatically higher than believing that there's a, there's an intelligent, even not even God of the Bible, just an intelligent designer, you know, you know, you can call him a sky daddy, but a sky daddy makes more sense to me than nothing into everything like that. faith. It really is an incredible amount of faith. You sit him down and you talk to him. You're like, so wait, you believe that you came from a rock. And they say, no, I came from, no, we all came from, uh, uh, apes and those apes came from, and okay. But eventually you rewind it far enough. You came from a rock and they're like, well, no, but that's really literally what you believe. (laughs) Make that make sense to me, dude. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. It doesn't check out. I can tell you that much. (laughs) And, and where's the, like the the dolphin dog like where's the where's the middle the middle of the two kinds that's supposed yeah, to transition I was at the science museum a couple months ago up in dc and i forget what animal it was but they had this diagram of it going from you know an ocean living creature to a ground creature and then back into the ocean i think it was the evolution of whales or something like that mm. and i was just like where do you come up with this? Like it went from a fish to a dog, to a whale. Like, I don't, it blows my mind how people can, can make that work. <laughs> but it's, it's half of you wants to say, man, you are so stupid. And then half of you yeah. wants to say, Oh, I'm so sad for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it really, I, 
honestly, it's just like you said, you're, you're a liar or an idiot. <laughs> Pretty much. That's I don't I see any way it. around that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So I know you're a big workout buff. Like give me, um, give me your, uh, day-to-day workout and then give me like something that's just going to smoke me where I, I won't be able to get up after, after I'm done. Uh, well, so right now my day to day is I'm, I'm doing a bodybuilding program, um, and just trying to get healthy. And then I've started implementing just some day, like either every day or, you know, on a tough week, maybe like every other day, CrossFit workouts from just CrossFit.com or this, this company called comp train. Um, and just high intensity circuit training. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just basic CrossFit stuff. So a little bit of weight, a little bit of you know, high heart rate mixed in there, whether it's like a bike, a rower, running, right. lunges, something like that. Um, and then so I've been tell doing me, that for about a year. Tell me that you don't do kipping pull-ups, please. You do you, you don't do kips, right? You you do strict strict. No, pull-ups? I do I do butterfly pull-ups. <laughs> Are those kipping? No, they're progression past it. Yeah, no, I and I'll tell you this: I do both. Because one, you can never get you can never get away from the basics, the fundamentals. So absolutely, mm-hmm. and especially right now, I'd mostly do strict pull-ups because I'm kind there of in a rebuild go. phase. But I'll tell you this right now: the the amount of volume and intensity that I can produce doing a hundred unbroken butterfly pull-ups is a lot more than intensity than you can get doing a hundred strict pull-ups, and I'll do it a lot faster. And so. I'll say this. I understand because I come from a family like my dad. I don't think he could ever bring himself to do any type of kipping movement. I can't um, do it. I try. So I can't do it. I understand where you're coming from. However, I challenge anyone to go out there and do a hundred kipping or butterfly pull-ups and get down. And then the next day, tell me your biceps don't have the worst pain um, well, first you'll have the best pump of your life. And then the next day you'll be in the, in the most sore you've ever been. Um, so I understand the pushback, but until you can't, you can't hate it till you try it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you're that's gotta mess up your hands, right? You like, Oh your, yeah. Your palms get I all mean, ripped up. They're pretty good now, but when you, when you start out, I mean, you'll have giant blisters right here, your calluses, yeah. and you, you have to shave them down. If you don't not like get rid of them, but you have to shave them down. Cause mm-hmm. you'll, I can't tell you how many times I've ripped like your thumbs too. It's brutal. It's brutal on the body, but well, I already have to do that when I, I lift, about it. I already have to do that when I lift heavy with a bar, because if you don't, especially if you don't, like I have a silicone ring now. But when yeah. I had a titanium or a tungsten ring and it would just, it, it would just cut into me so bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. No. So I'm doing that right now. Um, I love bodybuilding, but I, I, I prefer CrossFit. I think for, you know, a host of reasons we could sit here the rest of the podcast probably and talk about it. But, um, back in the day, especially my whole time in the, in the teams, I did CrossFit pretty much exclusively, which when I say CrossFit, it's not, you know, doing a hundred thrusters for time every day you still incorporate accessory work in your main compound movements and Olympic lifting. So it's kind of mm-hmm. the, it's kind of the total package in my opinion, but I just don't think you can replace the, the high intensity. Um, and, and this, the, 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 uh, I'm blanking on the proper terminology, but basically the, just the randomness of the workouts. Cause I think so much of traditional strength training um, you kind of just get in that regular, like, hey, I'm going to back squat, bench, deadlift, do some right. curls. And I think it really stunts your progression. And it definitely doesn't challenge your body, push your body to the right. um, to the limits that you that you want if you're trying to train for something, you know, tactical. Um, and and it, everybody's coming at it from a different angle. Not everybody needs to be, you know, moving with a bunch of weight on you. But especially if you're in any right. type of combat um you know, whether it's combat sports or, you know, military police work where you're, you know, could essentially have to drag, you know, your buddy off, right. you know, target from getting shot or, you know, pick up, you know, somebody who got, you know, shot and, you know, carry him, you know, a couple of miles maybe, or maybe you have to get in a physical altercation after sitting in your car all day. And so yeah. to enable to, to enable your body to be able to respond in those high stressful situations and to perform at them and not kind of do some of this, um, 
make some of these mistakes that we've seen in our law enforcement mm -hmm. and, you know, in other professions. Um, I just don't think that you can do any other, there's no other type of training that I've found that kind of makes that mind body connection to allow you to perform at high level. So I'm a huge you certainly fan of get it. a lot of wind for sure. Yeah. 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 Huge fan of we it, do, but um, it can hurt you <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Especially if you're doing butterfly pull-ups in the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you need a good coach, you know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I know. anything in life. Uh, have you, so have you done the Murph? Yeah. Well, that was going to be the workout. I was going to, I was going to throw your way. If you want something yeah. that never fails and you can do it a million Ugh. different ways and it's terrible every time. It's terrible. I've done that. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so also, bad. I'll say this last year. I did, did you use it, a 40 pound vest? We did it. Um, I don't remember how much it was a weight vest from but it was, was my okay. coaches at the, at the gym. So I honestly couldn't tell you how heavy it was. I don't think it was 40. It was probably somewhere in the twenties if I had to guess. Um, but I did it, I did it for the first time unpartitioned, um, and strict. And that was brutal because normally, you know, you go, you're going for time CrossFit style. So you, you know, break it up into pushups or, you know, pull-ups. Push oh, you didn't break it up? Air squats. No, for the first time, which that's the, technically the way you're supposed to do Murph. Um, oh my gosh. That's like the original way unpartitioned. And that's, it's horrible. I was cramping. That's pretty 100, bad 200, 300. All yep. what one at a time. Yep. One mile that run, come back, hundred strict pull-ups, hundred push-ups, and then or two hundred push-ups and three hundred air squats, and then one mile run again. Uh, and that took it took I can't remember my times off the top of my head, but I want to say it was like ten or fifteen I think it was like ten or fifteen minutes longer that way. And yeah, it was it was terrible. <laughs> dude, it's brutal. It I've 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 tried to finish it like three times never finished it never <laughs> really yeah i've well, broken that's it up your, that's my that's my challenge for you this year just no yeah. matter how, how long it takes just take it nice and slow and just get her done yeah i started to do that i broke it up and i did the uh what do they call it the cindy right the workout yep. that's 15 that's 10 and 5 yeah. and uh i did that without a vest and i did that pretty well and i was incorporating uh some um, not really heavy deadlifts or anything but uh, from all my time in the military and then the, the career that I have now, uh, there's a, your back gets beat up really bad. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, probably 2000 and I would say 15, 16, we had a pretty bad snowstorm in, in Oregon. Uh, and I was pushing out a couple cars cause they're, I mean, people in Oregon, we're a bunch of dummies. <laughs> they don't know how to drive, especially in the snow. Uh, so I was pushing somebody out who was uh, uphill and man, people come flying over that other hill. And I was kind of worried that they were going to get in a, we're just going to kill somebody. So I pushed him out and I was just screaming at him for driving a freaking sports car in the snow uphill. And, uh, I pushed it and I was bouncing it and I pushed it uphill and I felt something pop and I walked mm. it off. And then a couple months later, man, I couldn't even walk. So now three Three back surgeries later, um, I oh, don't deadlift, <laughs> uh, wow. and I just do uh, I just do real light, real light bar. Um, but I still I still really like like to get after it on the bench. I like it. Yeah, that, that that's a skill that should never go away. <laughs> right? Have you ever heard right. about a? Uh, um, oh man, it's it's late here, so my brain's not working. Um, Oh man, you gotta look up Westside Barbell, and then, um, okay, and then I'm trying to think of the the name of the the movement, and it's just totally blinking. But basically, you know what, a, like a hyperextension is, oh, yeah. um, where you kind of like have your legs hooked in, and then you're bending forward and, and coming up. It's basically the reverse of that. And Louis Simmons, the guy who started Westside Barbell, big powerlifting, he's you know kind of like the god of powerlifting. He invented. Um, this machine that I, I'll text you after this because I'm totally yeah. blanking on the name, but he invented it after his own back surgery, um, which he had, oh, like, okay. I think he had two or three and it, it's really awesome. You put some weight on it and then basically it was like a pendulum um, that swings with your legs and you just pump out 20, 30 reps. You can mix it, go heavy, light, and it just pushes so much blood into the spine and it's so good. I mean, in the teams, we have guys who hurt their backs all the time and, um, I can't tell you how many guys, including myself, jump on there 
And um, it's not, you know, it's not an immediate fix, but you, if you can find one and stay consistent once or twice a week for a couple of weeks, I think it'll, I think it'll benefit your back a lot. Yeah. I'm totally going to look that up. Make sure you, make sure you text me that when, when we get off of the air here. Yeah, I will. So you give me your workout. We've gone through some of the other stuff. Uh, give me your diet, not your bulking diet, but your ripping diet where you, where you still lift, you still get a good amount of protein. You still get enough to build, but like, what do you eat? Yeah. Well, so if I'm trying to lose weight or even just maintain it, um, yeah. I intermittent fast. That's the first thing that I do. Um, I find that my body responds to it really well. I, I, I feel like I think better, clear, um, have more like energy. 22 too. Um, no, not that extreme. I'll do like 16 and eight or okay. uh, maybe if I'm really pushing it, I'll do, um, maybe, maybe four and 20 for like a week or two I've done, but most of the time it's just 16 and eight. And, and it's really comes down to just trying to skip, skip breakfast and then have an early dinner yeah. is how I kind of treat it. Um, and then you just eat a bunch of food in the middle. Um, and I found that worked really well for me. Um, and then I've never really counted calories, you know, I'll kind of be cognizant of like how much protein I'm taking and then I'll do kind of across it. They, they have like, uh, they kind of preach the, the kind of palm size. So you kind of balance your plate between carbs, fats, and protein. And then you find what your body likes more carbs or fat and you kind of favor that. So I, whenever I'm trying to be super kind of physique conscious with how I'm eating, I'll just prioritize protein. You can never really eat enough protein. So I never really right. worry about protein except for just eating more of it. And then I'll just try to eat more fats and less carbs. Um, so like avocados, olive oil, yeah. butter, Sashios. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so not, I'm not super scientific with it. Um, it's more kind of the eyeball test and then just making sure that I cut out sugar. I I've done that for, you know, on and off. So I try to just, whenever I'm being super conscious about it, I'll just cut sugar out more or less completely outside of fruit and stuff. No like processed sugar. Right. So ice cream right. and candy and soda, I never drink soda, the, stuff like the that. good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, the stuff that kills you at forty. <laughs> I know it. The pizza and beer and coke. Yeah. <laughs> and well, that's the nice thing. Well, I we always did Thursdays were our cheat day. So Thursdays, mm. generally speaking, we would always do um well, Thursdays or Saturdays, depending on if it was football season. We would just eat a giant pizza and wings. But that's why you stay consistent for six days so you can Right lose it all on the, the seventh. <laughs> I used to take, uh, I was a staff sergeant in the air force and, uh, okay. I was in charge of uh swing shift. I was in charge of the whole hangar and uh, I was a training sergeant and all, all lots of stuff <laughs> I had to do. Uh, but, um, the every week, uh, it was Thursdays every week on Thursdays. I called it thirsty Thursdays. If they got everything done the way that it was supposed to be done. And I didn't get my butt chewed out by my boss, by my, uh, senior, senior master sergeant. Uh, then I'd take all the guys out for beer for an hour. They could drink as much beer as they wanted for an hour. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I love and you. I, yeah. <laughs> you, they did. They loved me. They would walk through fire for me. So I had guys constantly want to go to swing shift and work with me. Cause I had that attitude where you work with me. I wasn't too good to, to, to get dirty and uh, rough it up with everybody else too. Uh, and the guys on day shift were like, you know, the gig line straight and they polish their boots and they, they like to go to the dog and pony shows. And they, I hated that crap. Yeah. I just wanted to get my Stuff job. It doesn't done. matter. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if after probably, I don't know, two or three months, man, all the rock stars were on swing shift and all the lops were on day shift. <laughs> That's what you like. We were just, we were always, we were always, we were always at the E-Club on Thursday. <laughs> What's your sure. go-to beer? Uh, Maybe man, not for I'm happy big. hour, probably, probably nothing too nice. <laughs> I'm a big IPA guy, dude. I love a really? good, strong IPA. Yeah, something to punch okay. you in the mouth. Yeah, I have some friends who are big IPA guys. I mm. I don't hate them, but I'm they're not my go-to. I like stouts. I like a good. Oh, I like stouts too. I mean, stout. yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, I mean, those are really good to just enjoy. Just sit down. The IPAs and the stouts, yep. 
the yeah. the thicker beers the they take more craftsmanship to make right and you just sit down and you enjoy it like a really nice whiskey like you're not gonna pound a bunch of whiskey man you're not gonna you're not gonna pound a stout or an ipa you're yeah. gonna you're gonna have a rough day you do you're gonna regret it <laughs> right you're a stout guy i'm an ipa guy i think we get along fine <laughs> yeah we won't step on each other's toes too much <laughs> Well, they cost about the same amount too, like ten dollar beers. Yeah, yeah, they're nice with a steak or something, a good hearty dinner. Yeah, mm. man, I'm hungry. <laughs> Gotta go work out and eat. Yeah. All right, man. So tell me about some. Tell me uh, a lot about your documentary. I saved this for the last because I want you to really go in depth about what it was like and what got you to this point where you're like, man, I don't know what to do and who, how did this this um, this this project start? Whose idea was it? How did you get involved? Oh, just all of it. Yeah. So, Seals Beat Biden um, kind of came together. It, I'll just, I'll start, I'll tell a little bit of the story uh, of my story at least. And um, more or less, you know, COVID hit, no one really knew what was going on at first um, in, the, in the early part of 2020. So there's that weird shutdown uh, where everyone was, you know, stealing toilet paper. And, you know, we yeah. came out of that and I went on deployment to, to East Africa. Um, and it was the first three months of that, everyone was kind of expecting everything to go back to normal. Um, mm. and you know, we couldn't wait to get back home and everything, you know, everything would be open. We could go eat restaurants. Two weeks to flatten the curve. And then, you know? yep. Yep. And then, <laughs> then there's the change in administration. And, you know, then we immediately, you know, within like a week or two of that, we, you know, got white privilege training where, you know, or white sensitivity or whatever they're calling it, you know, where they're saying oh. like, you know, you're racist because you were born white, which I mean, tell me yeah. a more racist assumption than that, that the color of my skin, you know, makes me a certain way. Um, and so, you know, immediately you're like, oh my gosh, here we go. Like it's, it's only going to get worse. And then the vaccines start coming out. And interestingly enough, right before the first J and J vaccine came out, um, I had got sent on a, a separate little, you know, uh, kind of augment. I went down to Mogadishu. The main group of my crew was still in the big Navy base of Djibouti. And, um, while I was gone, they had a couple guys test positive, which wasn't the first time we had someone test positive, but up until that point, we were kind of, you know, left alone for various reasons. Um, but, you know, back at that big Navy base, a couple guys tested positive. Well, you know, a couple of them had, you know, some sniffles and stuff. We we're still mission capable, but they chose to shut down the entire section of the base that we were on. Everyone got put in solitary confinement, whether you tested positive or not. You know, 10 to 14 days where guys were by themselves, little to no access to, you know, Wi-Fi. Um, you know, couldn't get their own meals, you know, for breakfasts, they were getting brought, you know, one or two eggs with like a sausage or two. I remember them Why? sending me like pictures. What? And what's with the lack of I food? Don't know because I don't know. And I, I don't understand that, especially because we had a massive chow hall on that base that was a buffet. You go and you get all the food you want. Um, so I, I don't understand it um, to this day. But thankfully, like I was saying, I was at an outstation so I was kind of outside the umbrella of big Navy kind of authoritarian, you know, do as I say. Right. Um, so we had a great time down there. I was spearfishing mm. and, you know, swimming, working out. And nice. so I came back and all the guys were shell shocked, you know, and it, it was terrible. It, was, it was sucked for them. And within, I think, I, I think it was literally a few days, definitely within a week or two, um, the J and J vaccine comes out and, mm. you know, it just kind of gets put out like, Hey, everybody go get, the J and J shot. Um, you can get it free before you get home. And then they were also like, and by the way, you know, if you don't get it, there was rumor that you're not getting on military aircraft because it was going to be mandated that you were vaccinated to get on military aircraft, which you obviously have to do to get home from deployment um, outside of, you know, an oddball reason. So yeah, you're not guys who are in solitary. <laughs> yeah. Guys who are in solitary uh, pretty much to a man immediately first day went and got J&J, &J. you know, oh. no science on this, no idea what's up. Like I said, we were all healthy, strong individuals. There was no reason to get vaccinated for a disease or a virus that you already had. We, you know, we already had natural immunity. We're not idiots. We know right. these types of things even back then. Um, but they just wanted to go home, see their families. The guys had, you know, babies on the way, um, freshly married, all that kind of stuff. And so they just went and got vaccinated. 
like I said, me and a couple guys, we were, you know, on the outside looking in for that. So we didn't, we, we weren't worried and we, you know, took a chance, went home just like everybody else. Um, and, but that, that kind of was the wake up call. Like, okay, we're doing white. So did you end up getting it or no? There, no, I didn't get it on, okay. on deployment. So they did let and you on the, home. on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was no issues okay. at all. And, and, um, so I come home and that whole summer, um, I went to kind of my major, my major school that I'd wanted. And, um, we started doing research, talking to other guys like, Hey, what did they tell you on deployment? You were in Europe. You were, you know, you were back home the whole time. Like you were here, like, what were they saying? Like, what are, what's the science behind this? The MRNA vaccines start coming out. We're like, what is this? Oh, this has never been tested right. before. Really? The only, right. you know, test trials they've done were on rats and it gave them all cancer. Like, right. And, how, um, dude, how crazy and, is that? It's crazy. And, and and this was all out there immediately. Like it wasn't easy to find, but you could find it if you cared. Right. And, and no one was telling us about this stuff. No one was giving us safety briefs. And so, you know, throughout the whole summer, there was kind of effort after effort, you know, questionnaire after questionnaire, like, Hey, you guys aren't vaccinated. What would it take to get vaccinated? Like if it was mandated, would you get it? Would you not? If it was FDA approved, would you, would you not? And we were just saying, no, 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 no. And September comes around and they, but you got all your white privilege classes, right? You got those in? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got schooled up (laughs) on how much of a bigot I am. (laughs) Being racist. And yeah. Um, and so September comes around, they kicked us out of our platoons and we're, you know, we're broken up into teams. Um, and then inside that team is a platoon. And so we all got kicked out of our platoon sent over to a parent command that kind of looks over the entire East coast. Um, but we were never given orders. So we still were under our team. And that was at that point we were like, okay, we need help. Like, what do we do? Cause court martial starts getting thrown out there threats that we were gonna have to pay back all of our training, which is runs yeah. into, you know, depending on who's calculating over a million dollars worth of training Jeez. goes into us. Like, how are you going to pay that back on a government salary? Um, so thank God, honestly, that one of my buddies, his old pastor was plugged in with the apologia guys, uh, and Jeff Mm -hmm. Durbin, and they just kind of overnight almost pulled together this group of, of guys from, you know, pastors to a couple lawyers. Like I mentioned, Davis Younts, um, and Bradley Pierce out of Texas. He's a constitutional lawyer. And then Zach Lautenschlager as well, who's kind of, uh, you know, behind the scenes kind of political guy. And, um, so we, just had a, a meeting where it was kind of anonymous, no cameras, nothing like that. A uh, bunch of guys brought their families. We bought, brought a bunch of friends who were vaccinated and just wanted information. And we just had a sit down pretty much the whole I think Saturday afternoon into the evening where they just kind of laid out a game plan of like, hey, well, first off, religiously, yeah, this is wrong. This is aborted fetal cells. This is dangerous. Yep. You could be endangering, you know, your neighbors. You could be endangering yourself. Do you want to have a family? There's implications here for pregnancy. You know, you name it, there's religious reason. Even just our conscience, we felt like this right. was wrong, even from, you know, a political standpoint. Like, we don't think the government and the military should be able to force medical procedures on us. I I'm an autonomous human being made in the image of God. You cannot, right. you have no control over my individual body. Um, and so, you know, you name it, there's a whole gambit, right? And so that was super helpful. Then we had the lawyers on, on there, you know, on staff who one was a JAG at the time. Davis was active duty in the Air Force. And then we had a constitutional lawyer and they laid out like, hey, not only is this religiously wrong, but we have a political or a legal framework where we can fight this. So you guys are on your own. Um, and then they were able to stand up quickly that stand with warriors organization I talked about, which handled the fundraising because we couldn't afford lawyers either. Um, and so that all happened overnight, basically in September. And we fought this for, you know, 18 months, a good 18 months. Um, and at the end of it, I got out, my contract ran out after six years, a bunch of my friends went back to the team. They'd already reenlisted before this all started. So they still have a couple years left. Um, some Did guys end got up kicked getting out. vaccinated. No. So we ended up no. beating this. No, we, we, we beat the mandate. Um, and so the NDAA, which is kind of the, the yearly appropriations from Congress for the military, they were able to put in when Republicans took control of the house, they were able to put in a, a you know, a little blurb about 
the mandate, like, hey, you can't can't force these guys. So they tried to kind of sweep it under the rug. Guys who hadn't been kicked out already, which over 8,500 people had already been kicked out of the service members, including my friends, um, you know, they just tried to put them right back where they were, like nothing ever happened. I got out um, in May of this year, and then Zach reached out to me, and he's running the Republic Sentinel, which is a, um, a quickly growing conservative Christian news outlet. Um, um, and he reached out to me and was like, Hey, we want to tell this story and, um, would you be interested in it? And so I said, sure. And then, you know, it took us kind of all summer to kind of spring and summer of the year this year to build it out. And we, you know, we got, you know, Admiral Dean and, you know, all the other guys we talked about and we were just like, Hey, let's not only tell the story of the COVID vaccine, like how it came out and, you know, how we fought it. But let's point also down the road to like, hey, what else is what's what else is coming, and why does this still matter? Because like you right. asked, like, did, did did the guys get it? You know, did they not? Like, what's what happened? Like, is it a big deal? Lot, those are valid questions. A lot of people don't know, and so we want to we want to show how this affected people's lives. I have friends who are paying back, you know, over ten thousand dollars in bonus money that they got paid before getting booted against their wishes, and um, this was also going to affect. 250,000 service members were going to get kicked out. Um, and then the DOD kind of just says, Oh, didn't happen. Nothing matters. Just like Afghanistan, right. you know, where there's zero <sighs> accountability. So we want to tell that story, yeah. but we also want to point forward to like, Hey, look, our senior military leadership, Lloyd Austin, secretary of defense is saying that the existential threat to America is climate change. The rising of people. sea levels by, you know, 0.1, inch over a hundred years and white people yeah. yeah which is not racist for him to say that white no. people are the problem no because um, he's black but so yeah and so that's so that's that's where our dod is focused is they're focused on climate change and you know kicking white people out of the military and right. you look overseas and the ukrainian war i don't care what your opinion is on it hundreds of thousands of people are dying billions of dollars are being wasted that yeah. shouldn't have happened. If our military was strong and respected, that wouldn't have happened. 13 lives were lost in Afghanistan. Was it good to pull out of Afghanistan? Sure. Was the way that we did it good? Not like Absolutely that. not. Absolutely not. And it cost the lives of 13 people. You mentioned Sean Ryan. Um, he had yeah. one of the one of the snipers on there, and that story is heartbreaking. He could have killed the suicide bomber. Yes, Instead, yes. our military leadership, our military leadership were so coward and fearless, so hamstrung that they would yeah. not make the decision to kill one enemy, one savage. Yeah. They wouldn't kill him. And so instead, America lost 13 service members, more injured, and how many hundreds of Afghanis were killed and are being killed yeah. since. Right now, they're and still it's being all because hunted down. Still being killed, all because yep. of feckless cowards in the DOD exactly. and the administration. And so this is, this is SEALs beat Biden. That's the message. Like, this is not over and we need accountability because otherwise this is just going to be rinse and repeat, okay? We, we didn't get our mission accomplished with COVID. We're going to lift and shift. Now we're going to try to force you to, you know, say someone's proper pronouns and gender when it could change every single yeah. day. And I'm, I'm a man wearing a dress and I'm your admiral. Like, and then they're going to persecute Christians and they're going to persecute people who have common sense. So we're- hey, that's man of the say, year. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the man of the year, the woman of the year. Um, so that's, you know, I kind of got on a tangent there, but that's the seals beat Biden. That's the story. That's the bigger message is this ruined people's lives. It could have ruined hundreds of thousands more and it, nothing's been done to rectify it. So it's just going to keep happening if people don't stand up and say enough. Right. I'm, so I'm, we, I'm glad you are, man. I'm glad you guys are, are, I'm glad you guys are given a platform. I'm glad you got it's man. It sounded like Jeff Durbin's like doing some undercover stuff. <laughs> sneaking really in the shadows <laughs> yeah we all felt very undercover we were all we were all worried about it but thank goodness he had the courage to come out and help that's awesome i really like jeff durbin like he uh you got the first time i saw him um was on i think it was either on his website or on youtube and he was right you know at one of the baby murder mills uh and he was just speaking the truth and these cops are coming up harassing him he's like well could you tell me but this is what it said totally super professional super polite and these cops are just flipping out on him and i'm like you guys are jerks <laughs> he's trying to save yeah. some babies you, you, yeah. and he's doing it the right way 
so man, I'm 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 happy that uh, that he was there to help you guys out, support you. Sounded like he pulled some resources to to give you a little push. Oh, absolutely. Uh, is there anything that is there anything that was in the documentary that you wish wasn't, or conversely, was there anything that you wish would be in there that isn't? Yeah, well, we're not done yet. So the second part of the question, I can't quite answer that because I'm still excited to see how the final episodes um, shape up. But how many parts um, are there? Excited. So right now we are planning for three, um, I believe. Three. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but <laughs> yeah. So we should have two more episodes dropping, which I'm super excited about over the next couple weeks into the new year. Um, so um, stay tuned for that. And then as far as things that go in there, man, it, we in the first episode, at least in some of the trailers, there's some you know cool guy picks or whatever they call it, and. I understand that's kind of a, that draws the eyeballs like, Oh, Navy seal, like he's holding a mortar in his hand, um, which I get it, whatever. Um, but I, from personally, I, I would rather just sat there you know, in a t-shirt and told the story. <laughs> um, so I guess some of that, some of the kind of cinematic, you know, fluff up, fluff up of it is a little bit unnerving for me, but, um, well, you're trying to be super people, humble. <laughs> no, and not, and not capitalize on your on your uh, hard work and your dedication in the military well you know it, it was hard and, and but it was fun too you know i think we've kind of gotten in this entitled mindset of like oh like i served in the military for six years and i deserve all this you know honor and for the rest of my life and it's like hey it was a job it was a job i chose to do i wanted to do it just like everybody else who you know right. works at jiffy lube anything else and you know, there's different levels to everything for sure. But at the end of the day, I can't tell you a better job than being a Navy SEAL. It, I enjoyed almost every single minute, you know, until the last 18 months. And I, you know, even yeah. then I met the best people in my life. Uh, God's blessed me with, you know, an incredible, incredible start to my life. And so, you know, that's, to me, that's just, it was part of my story. It was a fun part. And it wasn't that much of a sacrifice to jump out of airplanes and shoot guns for six years, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I, I, I enjoyed a lot of, a lot of what I did in the military. You know, I was, I was air force. I wasn't uh Marine, Navy seal, special forces, anything like that. I was chair force, you know, but, <laughs> uh, but even the stuff that we did, man, it was fun, dude. It was, I had a lot of fun. I was, um, uh, I definitely wasn't the car washing general, you know, kissing up kind of guy. Uh, I was a, I was a missions guy. Um, yeah. And I, I think it's good that I wasn't a Marine because man, my mouth would have gotten me in so much trouble, so much <laughs> trouble. A hundred pushups for the air force would be like a thousand for the Marines. Yeah. Well, I so, think I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> I don't think I would have fared well in the core. <laughs> dude, I was ripped. By the time I was done with, with uh, basic and then tech school, I was ripped because my mouth just got me in so much darn trouble. <laughs> yeah, builds character. It did. It did. And a bigger mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Is there anything else you want to uh, add before we uh, pull the plug on this? No, I just want to thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was fun talking to you, fun getting to know you. I'll text you the name of that apparatus as soon as my brain kicks in. And then, uh, yeah, I just encourage everybody, you know, if you haven't seen it, head over to sealsbeatbind.com, throw in your email. Um, it'll it'll automatically sign you up for the daily um, newsletter from the Sentinel as well. But head over to the Sentinel, check it out. We've got some great writers over there who are trying to, you know, tell the truth and tell it from a, a Christian perspective and, uh yeah, I just, I appreciate it. All the support and, uh, look forward to talking to you in the future. Totally, man. I, I watched the, um, I watched the first part. I uh, really enjoyed it. It kind of brought back some memories for me, uh, in my current job being extorted and trying to get the jab. Fortunately, I was, uh, I was blessed that, that they, um, didn't really have much of a leg to stand on to try and, uh, force me to do it. So they made an, uh, a religious accommodation, uh, but I, I didn't get fired. I still have a job. <laughs> so uh asa um man thanks for hanging out with me brother i really really appreciate it and uh i'm definitely uh, gonna have you back on the show 
a bunch of more times, uh, maybe in the next couple of times a, a new episode drops. Yeah. Uh, everybody else, make sure you see uh, sealsbeatbiden.com. Check it out. Uh, so show your support. Um, and uh, if you haven't already, check out Regular Man Ministry. Subscribe on YouTube and X or Twitter, whatever you call it. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple iTunes, and all that jazz. Until next time, be on alert, stand firm in your faith, act like men, and be strong.